the sound? Is, is it going okay? Taking this opportunity to continue our reflection on the Dharma, on the way things are, on this path of awakening, reflecting a little more this morning on the cultivation of samadhi. This important word that the Buddha used again and again and again, talking about that middle part of the path, the cultivation of the meditation, samadhi, means gatheredness, centered, a unified, stable, bright, abiding. We were talking about the wings are different. Wings is good enough that that gives right rise to these stable abidings. What's called samatha, <coughs> vipassana. Samatha means the calming aspect of our meditation. And then sometimes our meditation is inquiring, investigating, looking into, exploring. And even though these are two separate words, calming, exploring, steadying, investigating, freeing, these are different languages, they're deeply interconnected, interwoven. Last night I mentioned that the Buddha described these two as like two oxen working in tandem to pull the plow. Rajan Shah talked about the way a candle and a flame lighting the candle, the You just had a wick and a flame with no candle, it would go out very quickly, wouldn't isn't enough steadiness. Sometimes when we're dizzy, unstable on our feet we stand up and I'm a little dizzy. Touch a wall to steady oneself. Steady. Steadying. In time one can hold the wall more lightly. Then one can even, at some point when one's established and one's abiding, one can let go. Rest in balance. 
the steadying dimension of meditation is the calming. When our mind is really all over the place. That's why the Buddha calls the body the first foundation of mindfulness, the first really skillful way that we can ground our mindfulness in a way that's beneficial. Mind's going all over the place when we allow the mind to connect with, listen into, steady itself on the sensation of the body touching earth, for example. But what, how many more days and how how many uh, insights have I had? And I knew I should have written them down last night. I just, you know, they said something about journaling or something like that. But, you know, occasionally they should think that it might be useful (laughs) to remembering what, and then you think, oh, just here now, (laughs) sensation, or the breathing, the mind's going. Occasionally, even though there might be things to deal with, one realizes, hey, I'm dizzy, I'm unstable. One just steadies the attention. The dimension of the attention that first goes there, that's called directed, uh, it's like a beam of attention going somewhere. Buddha gave a word for that. A thought can direct that. He called it vitaka. It's a directed attention. It's an active. The mind's wandering. You come back to the body or come back to the wall that you're holding to steady yourself. To quickly let go, you just fall over. But if one holds to tightly, it's exhausting, it's tense, it's brittle. Have you ever had someone say, how are you? But they don't wait to hear how you are. How are you? And they keep talking, talking, and you feel pinned against the wall. And you wonder, have they seen that you're pale? Have they heard a sound yet? But good intentions, they're having a connection. <laughs> but how much information are they, are they really connected to you, me? So when, when, we, when the attention goes too strongly to something, like if I was walking up and some people were talking yesterday in the groups and in some of the talks about how sometimes it's really steadying to look outside, look at a tree, I looked at a tree. If you look too hard and stare, I'm connecting with nature, don't bother me. You get exhausted. But that's where this light touch comes in. The the directed thought just brings you there, very good. But what is it that allows one then to receive? If you hold too lightly, you just drop off. Dawn gave a lovely image of the fingers touching, similar to an image that the Buddha gave. If you're holding a a baby bird, too tight, not good for the welfare of the bird. Too loose, just flies away. Gentle, light touch. Then one can feel the life 
receive. So if one brings the attention to the tree, then receiving color, shade, reflection, then one's attention is moving as it explores the texture of the bark, branches. If I'm looking at a clock, clock, I know clock. (laughs) That's just an idea. The attention, clock. If you bring the attention there, just riveted on it, I don't know how many, you're connected to the clock, but how much do you learn about it? If one then receives, then one, as it were, feeling temperature, weight, I'm still, that's what the Buddha called vichara, it's an exploring mind. You're still connected. If one, if one goes off, then it's useful to say, ah, I'm investigating the clock. That's a thought that directs you back. That's more, for the sake of a word, the yang aspect of attention that goes to the object. But this yin, this receptive, exploring, that then allows one to find the edges, the textures, that then allows the bonding, a relationship that connects and is more enduring, that vitaka vichara, the directive, the receptive, it's a dance. Too receptive, then one just loses the plot, which is all right if one's just going into letting be and letting go, but sometimes if one's trying to drive a car or have a conversation, it's useful to stay with. Too much, I think we sometimes meditators go too much on the yang side. I'm going to get in there and I'll fix this. And then it's tense. I don't know why I'm getting a backache. I don't know why I'm exhausted. Then if there's too much yang, it can sometimes, one of our dear friends said, yeah, I was sentenced to five years of mindfulness. (laughs) Sounds like a prison sentence. <laughs> so, but you know, yes, direct. And that's how our mantra or our word, the word can just remind us what we're doing. If it's held like some people count, one with two, three with each breath. I like using bud, toe, a word just to remind me I'm with the breath. The word dissolves. Or it's like threading a needle when, when uh, the mind just whispers, steady. It's just the word that reminds us what we're doing, steady. And then it goes quiet so that we can receive, can see where the thread is, see where the needle is. A dance. Today I want to guide us through these, uh, reflect a little more on the Anapanasati Sutta, this first page of our chanting book. And these 12, these 16 steps, I said 12, uh, 16 steps. 
Now, it sounds really complicated, but actually the principles, in, in the course of one sitting, I'll talk a little bit, and then in a sitting, I'll just guide one through. You don't have to follow exactly which step we're on, but I'm just guiding us through a flow that shows this connection between just steadying and how within the steadying there's going to be some exploring. So the directing and the exploring and the calming all work together. The first four are about the body. That's an object of attention. Long breath. We in, long breath out, we find our attention. Our attention connects to the body, helps us from being all over the place to follow along. And Ajahn Chah would even say, if you're really busy, you can even notice the breath touches the nostrils and the chest and the belly and goes out. Just to give the mind something to do, just to track the breath. In a long breath in, refreshing ourselves, long breath out, relaxing and feeling Mother Earth. Then allowing the breath to find its course, and then we might find a place on the body that feels comfortable. Ajahn Chah liked first being with the breathing at his nostrils. Just being with that sensation of the breath in and out. Too tight and we're connected, but then we, we get tired. Lightly enough to then start to explore, just as I explore the texture of the clock, overlooking at a tree. We don't just stare, we explore, let the mind look at the leaves, the colors, the bark. Same, for example, if you're with the sensations at the nostrils. A light touch and noticing the temperature of the in-breath. Maybe the slight warming of the out-breath as the breath touches the nostrils, upper lip. Noticing any pulsing. And one can just that like if one is dizzy, one steadies. One's whole being with this light touch can steady ourselves. for example, just on that, in and out. A word like bhutto or breathing in, breathing out can just remind us that we're just steadying, resting with that texture, that rhythm, that flow. But then the Buddha encourages us to, he always moves from the limited to the expansive. He encourages us to train ourselves to be sensitive to the whole body as we breathe in and out. So we're, if one is just rigid, we can't do that. You're breathing in and out, maybe noticing any sensation of the nostrils, noticing what it's like when one then widens to notice the, the face. The sensations of the scalp. Lips, eyes. As we breathe in, letting the lens of awareness sense our whole face, head region. As we breathe out, 
Not too tight, not too loose. Breathing in, breathing out. And as we breathe out, even widening more, noticing the buttocks or whatever body is touching the floor. The sense of the whole body sitting, however we sense it. As we breathe in and out, our word or my voice might just remind us what we're doing but we're steadying, resting in the simplicity of breathing in and out with that, however the whole body feels. Breathing in and out, just calming. There's parts of the body that won't feel so good, maybe. It's all right, we just, it's like that. On an out breath, just practicing relaxing as best we can. Just that out-breath, but relaxing and still having that light touch, like that cradling, that bird, that living organism. So this body is within the awareness. It's being held. The hands is this dimension of the receptive heart that holds, cradles, listens into the textures of the body. The next part, the next tetrad are about feeling. The Buddha talks about breathing in and out, experiencing joy. We, We don't have to manufacture a happy, clappy joy. It's talking about a quiet, just savoring. as we breathe in and out. Even if something's uncomfortable, one can still taste, savor, allow ourselves to receive the feeling. So any parts of our body-mind that are uncomfortable, as we breathe in, we notice that. As we breathe out, we relax and we just allow ourselves to appreciate this is how it is. So. This savoring is a mind that's willing to welcome, receive the sensations of our body breathing. The Buddha encourages us then to practice relaxing, what he called sukha, Mm -hmm. being content. It's best we can, just... Well, yes, this could be different, that could be different. Okay, this thought or that thought is around. But just relaxing as we breathe in and out. Noticing any triggers. There might be some of these friends. Children in the back seat that Don was talking about, that we don't necessarily want to put at the wheel. But they're in the vehicle, they're within the realm of our abiding. It might be a worry, maybe not. Maybe there's nothing, but or it might be a irritation. 
practicing breathing in and out, just noticing what's giving rise, just what is, what thoughts. Practicing being kind and just letting them be as we breathe in and out. The whole next section of the practice is about awareness. Oftentimes we're focusing on objects, on sounds, on the sensations of the body breathing, the sensations in our hands, in our feet the sound of my voice, or objects, what's noticing them, what's receiving them. So there's the object and then there's that sense of subject, that sense of the listening, the knowing, the receptive. Learning to give attention to the awareness itself. It's like the awareness turning back on itself. The objects are still coming through, sounds are still coming through, but we're relaxing, letting go of grasping any object just to notice the quality of presence, of knowingness, awareness, wakefulness. There's a joy in that. The whole last part, the last section of those instructions is about as we breathe in and out, as we sit, insight is not far away. One can breathe in and out calmly as we notice change. Breathing in and out, reflecting on the vibrating nature of the breath, of sensations, of thoughts, interwoven with one another. As we allow change, We realize nothing can be frozen. We can't keep anything because every sound, every flavor, every thought, every impulse keeps becoming otherwise in the next instant. As we surrender to that, it brings dispassion. We can practice letting go, honoring this nature, and resting in this stillness that holds it all. Movement within the stillness, stillness within the movement, not harming one another, perfectly interfused. So I'm encouraging 
to uh, just adjust your posture. And then to give an example of a guided meditation where we just flow through them all. One of the great scholar practitioners that I know, wonderful meditator, monk, practitioner and scholar, Venerable Analio, said that the Buddha, obviously one can focus on different sections, but he said the whole thing, all those steps can be in one sitting. If the calming can so easily transform into liberation. Honoring mindfulness that has been so revered as the pathway to the deathless, to true peace. Establishing ourselves in this moment with a, a few quiet, deep breaths, bringing vitality into the body, letting it bless every cell, and on a long out breath, relaxing, softening, aligning with Mother Earth. Allowing ourselves to be with the texture and sensation of breathing in the part of the body where it's most comfortable. If one is not so comfortable with being with the body, another dimension of the embodied presence is listening to sounds. But as we're being with the breathing, if that's our object, with the light touch that receives the pulsing texture, rhythm, temperature, quietly reminding ourselves with a phrase if that's helpful. steadying our being by having all the time in the world to be with that sensation, that flow, 
whether it's a sensation at the nostrils or the chest rising and falling or the abdomen moving or a sound resonating. Steadying the body-mind. Sustaining as we breathe in and out the awareness with the sensation or sound or whatever our object is. As we hold lightly, gently exploring the contours, the textures, of our object, we sense its and allow its vitality, its living, living dharma. The sensations, the sounds are alive. And then exploring as we breathe in and out, widening the awareness so that that energy of wherever we were being with an object is allowed to mingle, permeate, suffuse the rest of the body, the head, shoulders, in our own way, dancing, practicing, widening the lens. We train ourselves gently to be sensitive to this whole body. It's a light touch. Some parts might be more available to us. Some might be more comfortable, more uncomfortable. Don't We can even gather in the uncomfortable. Practice breathing in as we notice that sensation. Breathing out as we soften, widen the awareness and allow that sensation then to mingle with the sensations of the hands, the feet, face, the rest of this form. The in-breath brightens, brings a little pulse of energy in the out-breath, relaxes, softens, tranquilizes. (laughs) 
too much effort to hold our attention. We're just getting tired. Give a little more energy to the out-breath, just lightly opening, widening, relaxing. Too fuzzy, too lost, a little more emphasis on the in-breath that brightens. Emphasis on our word or phrase to remind us what we're doing. however we are, as we breathe in and out. We might have judgments and opinions about how we are, but following the Buddha's instruction, can we savor the sense of this body sitting here, this experience, as we breathe in, can we allow ourselves to savor, to quietly enjoy, this is how it is. As we breathe in, it's not trying to change the feelings, it's allowing them to be welcomed. Let the breathing find its own pace. It might want to go a little slower, a little faster. We're listening to the body, receiving, savoring, even that which is uncomfortable for moments. Allowing this form to be blessed by that receptive, attitude and quality of awareness. Breathing in and out, relaxing. Holding the objects a little more loosely, not having to adjust so much. Breathing in and out, especially with that out-breath, cultivating sukha, or quiet contentment. It's like this now. I can be okay with this. Quietly, happy and content with this sensation, this flow. any reactivity or thoughts. We can notice those, practice kindly allowing the kindness, not fighting them, allowing but not following. The Buddha's in the driver's seat, the listening, the knowing, any thoughts, reactivity, judgment that comes, we notice it. It's part of our understanding 
but we're practicing allowing it to calm down. As we learn not to react to feeling tones so much. However, we are on that outbreath holding really lightly and just aware of awareness. The body's still here, the sounds are still here, but we're holding them so lightly, we're noticing that which knows. The sound comes, but even when it finishes, there's still presence. As we breathe out, relaxing, we're resting in wakefulness, awareness, what the Buddha called the citta, the heart. touching into the quiet joy of just being awake and aware. As we breathe in and out, the joy inherent in awareness, the quiet miracle that there is knowing Sounds, knowing, in-breath and out-breath. Knowing sights, thoughts. Steadying, very gently steadying as we breathe in and out. holding so lightly the resonance of the body sitting, breathing, aware. Everything is within this awareness. As we let go, the reactivity, the thoughts dispel as we're resting in the composed heart. However it is, cultivating ease, honoring this moment. 
as we breathe in and out, recognizing change easefully. textures and sensations of the in-breath changing, making peace with, relaxing with the ever-changing out-breath. Interwoven with the flickering sensations the comfortable and uncomfortable feelings all changing as we breathe in and out. Everything we take to be me, bodies, forms, Self, other, feeling tones, here and there, tastes and textures, everything within us and around us changing as we breathe in and out. dispassionately recognizing that we can't really truly own something that keeps flickering, swelling, dissolving. As we surrender to this nature, find ourselves resting in that peaceful ground that holds everything. Noticing the ending of a thought, the ending of a breath, the sounding and ending of a sound as we contemplate this fading it takes us to peace each out breath we can remember that all of this actually belongs to mother nature to the sacred mystery Breathing in and breathing out, we give back, let go, and rest in this, that which is, this ever-present heart.
within the stillness, there's still the vibration of the body, vibration of sound, breath coming and going, thoughts arising. movement within the stillness. Deep stillness and peace always within the movement. The form and the emptiness. Not too interwoven unable to be captured by language. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.